0: I'm Farhan Dalla, transformational trainer, and welcome to Elevate Your Life, a transformational podcast, an invitation to take the journey towards your deepest self. It is my intention to inspire you to connect, move, and meditate. We'll tap in, tune in, and dive in, and together learn and reflect from authentic, real, and transformative conversations. Let's get started. Today, we are talking mediumship and grief relief. And before we start, I just want to say that if you're joining us today, all I ask is that you listen with an open mind and an open heart. Whether you're familiar with mediumship or have some questions about the topic, it is our intention that you gain some insight and that perhaps it may be a way to help support you on your grief journey. I have a very special guest today. Her name is Jody Lavon, and she is known as the happy medium. I like to call her my friend, but she is also a corporate psychic and intuitive coach with over three decades of experience. Uh, she's a published author and television personality You can often see her as the resident psychic on Twin Cities Live on ABC. Jody's read TV audience members, famous people, animals, and haunted domains. You could watch her in action on YouTube and check her out there. She's written two books, The Happy Medium, Awakening Your Natural Intuition, and the follow-up book, The Happy Medium, Speaking the Language of Intuition. She does readings, coaching, workshops, and a lot more. Jody also has a very strong presence in social media, and she's always elevating people with her words, her posts, her pictures, her videos. And in fact, that is how we met and became friends. We met on Twitter. So for all of you who go on Twitter and see all the negative stuff, just know that every now and then there. There can be some special relationships that you can form. Jody and I started exchanging tweets, and then that evolved into this incredible, beautiful friendship. She is part of my soul family. She helps lift me up on a daily basis whenever I'm feeling a little down. I'll see a post of hers either on Facebook or on Twitter, and it always lifts me up. Jody Lavon, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm so honored to be here and I absolutely love you and I'm very excited about what you're doing right now for the world, really.
0: Thank you and i I love you so much too. And uh, I know we're having this conversation over a podcast, but it's great to have a professional exchange, a personal exchange with you, any type of exchange where we, get together is always an honor. So thank you so much. Thank you. I, I want you to first kind of give us an idea of what is mediumship for our listeners who kind of know, but maybe not know, maybe have heard about it. They're not really familiar. What is it that you do as a medium?
1: So most people have heard the word psychic. I'm a psychic medium. So I'm good at feeling things that were, that are, and that may be. That's a psychic piece. The medium piece means I can interact with those on the other side consciously and I hear them. Most of us talk to our deceased relatives. I can hear them speak back to me. So I have my feet in both worlds, really, here on earth and on the other side. I'm incredibly sensitive. I was that kid that in junior high, or now they call it middle school, was crying a lot because I picked up on everybody's stuff. The teachers, the students, the guy that came in to fix something in the locker room. I picked up on everything and I didn't understand what it was. So I was picking up on people's feelings and the spirit energy around them. So it took me a very long time, a very long time to come to terms with the fact that spirits were around me. They were pulling my hair when I was little. I was getting tripped. And most spirits don't do that. That's more earthbound spirits. And we can talk about that. I was in a low vibrational space. I was in a sad space, mostly as a kid. So I attracted that energy. As I got older, as I cleaned up my space, as I personally, I got therapy, as I did all these things to take care of myself, my energy started to really pop and spirit energy around me is really positive. But I'm not always interacting with the spirit energy. That's incredibly draining. It's like constantly doing a reading. I, I have open and closed hours. And though I can feel spirit energy all the time, I'm not always open to interacting with it. It's a boundary thing. And I'm, I'm really big on boundaries.
0: Yes, I love that. And I love how you work with not just people on the other side, but people on this side as an intuitive coach. So how does that differ?
1: Well, when I do my corporate coaching, so to speak, with, in other words, work with business owners. I'm reading their the business as an entity, as a as a as a as an energy. And I help them get the most out of their business by helping them manage people better, by being open to other opportunities. I can see where money is escaping that shouldn't escape. I can see where things could be coming their way, because I don't read the future. I read the signs that indicate what may occur. And I don't really talk a lot about the spirit energy around. If I know the client really well, I might. But it's really, it's just giving me information as it is. When I do a reading, a personal reading, then, or I do an event with personal readings, I'm very open to all of the spirit energy. And I get information from my guides, the universe at large, my clients' guides, and their deceased loved ones are all giving me information all at once. It's kind of like being in a party where everybody's talking at once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to learn to like, which part feels the highest. And I'm always, always coming from a space where it is for the good of all. I mean, that is my main thing. I pray before I do readings. I pray before I do things like this and everything is for the good of all. If it's not for the good of all, I, I'm not in.
0: Right. I think we have that in common. I too prayed before we started this. And my thing is always, how can I best be a messenger and just take myself out of it and just allow myself to be present and to be a vessel, and it sounds like that's what you do as well. Um, I do want to know, though, how did the name The Happy Medium come about? Where did that come from? I'm not sure if I know this story.
1: Well, you know me well enough to know that I can be a goofball, right? Like I,
0: <laughs> And I love that about you, by the way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm really silly. And a lot of people actually don't know this. I'm, I'm very silly. That is how I lift my energy. That's how I ground myself. That's how I deal with talking to people that just died in a terrible accident and their loved ones come in for a reading. That's That's how I clear my energy. That's how I lift my energy. And when I finally admitted that I was a medium, I was like, well, then I'm a happy medium. And it also took me a long time to find the happy medium, to find my peace, my equilibrium, to be able to say no to spirits and no to people when they were pushing me to do things that I didn't want to do. So it took me some time to become that happy medium. So it's something I've been using probably since I was in my early 20s. And I just started being known as the happy medium. And so when I wrote my first book, they were like, you can't use that title, I'm sure it's used and it wasn't. So and then I trademarked it out also. So that's how because it's an everyday process. It's not like You know, when you have an education, you have an education, go for higher learning with it, but you have that education, that degree, being in a good space, you have to keep coming back to that. You have to keep coming back to that equilibrium, that balance, that learning to follow your heart, trust your gut and use your head and not just fly off the handle with some insight that comes your way. Because just because you pick up on something, intuitively speaking, doesn't mean it's yours and it doesn't mean it's correct. You might be interpreting it. In a way that it isn't meant to be interpreted, because it's all interpretation. You know this. Being sensitive, you're interpreting it, and I'm the vessel that the inter. I it comes through me. All the information I pick up comes through the lens of my own eye, my own personality, and everything I've been through. So when you have a reading of any kind, or if you do anything, go to the dentist. The personality of that dentist, or that medium, or that psychic medium is going to come through. So you want to be comfortable with that energy. I feel like the best mediums are the ones that have done the most work on themselves.
0: And continue to do so as well. I don't know if you know this, but my name has happy in it as well, because my name literally translates to the happy one. So we have that in common.
1: I love that. It fits for you.
0: I hope so, because it was assigned to me at birth. Unlike you, you chose to be the happy medium. I was given the name at birth. So I've had to live up to that. And I try, I try. Um,
1: So can I just (laughs) say one more thing about this?
0: Yes, of course.
1: Dovetailing on it. So I was raised in a very conservative environment, religiously conservative, politically conservative, just very conservative. And I wanted to be a singer or a teacher, I never really thought that I ever wanted to be a psychic, a medium, or the happy medium. So I learned very young because the insights were pouring in on me constantly. Excuse me. Either I would have my intuition or it would have me. Mm. And I decided to have my intuition. This was not a choice for me. And I'm not a victim. I love this. Mm -hmm. This work fills my spirit with such joy. I absolutely adore it. But it is a constant flow of managing energy and being emotionally peaceful.
0: Mm -hmm. And I would imagine it requires a lot of balance work, staying in balance, being a healthy vessel, because it requires so much energy. You're dealing with some pretty intense topics. You want to not take that on. Like at the end of the day, like you said, close the doors when businesses are over. And so, I know from just being an empath myself that I have to manage my own energy, um, practice self-care, and yeah. um, I think that allows you to continue to be the happy medium that you are. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you're doing a great job. You spread so much positivity on a daily basis. Like I said, whether it's a tweet or a post, or with A reading that you're doing, you really do elevate us in so many ways. And I I can't thank you enough for that.
1: Thank you for saying that.
0: It's true. Um, And since we are talking about grief, uh, as you know, grief is a very unique experience for everyone. And grief is often as unique as each of us are. I'm curious to know, though, how grief has been showing up for you this past year, and what that looks and feels like for Jody Levon.
1: So, because of what's been happening on our planet with COVID, there has been so much fear and so much grief in general that, as an empath, also I have had to dial inward for my light. Instead of going outward to feel all of the love around, I dial inward, which helps me connect with the universe, i.e. God. I've had to be very careful with my energy because there's been so much going on. Now that we are over at least a big part of this, we don't know what's coming, but we're over a big part of this. There is still grief, dealing with the grief of who we've lost and the year and everything else. It sounds very um, maybe childlike, but I feel like I want to deal with the sadness, excuse me, deal with the sadness and concentrate and focus on the positive, on anything that brings me a feeling of joy. I have clients that lost not one but two people to COVID, and dealing with that grief is so important because if you don't, it's going to always bite you in the tuchas. If you do that and then you also focus on the beautiful day and any joy that you are having, it brings you that kind of balance. The thing about grief itself is it takes you over, as you know, and we feel like we're never gonna come out of it. I remember when my dad died, I psychically was kind of sensing it, but you know, I'm his daughter, so, and he was a big part of my world. We were very close. And my children and my husband loved him so much, my whole family, that I would sit on the floor, I would do my work, I was writing my first book, I'd sit on the floor and cry, get up, make the food for my kids, do laundry, hug them, kiss them, read them books, drive them where they needed to go, my husband would come home and I'd lay on the floor, sit on the floor and cry. And I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is like really extreme and I know he's okay, but I'm his daughter and I have to go through this because if I don't layer on, I'm going to be a mess. So I chose to dive in, but I also chose to keep having my touch points to make sure I was eating enough, having enough water, getting enough exercise, changing my perspective now and then, and it really helped. And there are all those kinds of grief where you do that in little teeny pods, or a giant way, it's important that you go through it. And it's important that you don't let it own you. Does that make sense? hmm.
0: Yes. And someone who's still in the thickness of it. I get that. I think it may be challenging for some people who, like yourself, when they're experiencing grief is to still be there for their family in the role of mom and caregiver or caretaker um, and a dog mom and all the things that you still have to do because life has to go on and still find the time and the space to still go through it. Um, It's amazing because I've spoken to many people who have families who may have lost a, a parent or a loved one that just think that they can go right back to life and ignore the grief. And I always say what you suppress your body will express. But when I started talking quite authentically with my posts about my grief journey and just being completely honest about some of the toughest times I was amazed at how many people messaged me to say that they never took the time to grieve, that watching me grief, they were now going through their own personal grief. And so that's one of the reasons why I chose to do this podcast. I wanted to create a space where people could grieve together because we as a collective right now, without exception, we're all grieving something at this time. And you say, this is interesting, the morning process the morning process can feel like going through a car wash without a car i couldn't yeah. agree more when i read that
1: yeah it sure does it feels like that <clears throat> not only that but let's say god forbid you you weren't dealing with your grief and 9 years later something happens that's very sad and you start to open up to that that smaller grief You'd be bombarded with all of the grief you have for losing your mom. So it's like, I always say that it's almost like we have this little wagon behind us that we can't see, but other people can see. And in it is filled with all of our emotional stuff, not the kind of stuff that we can carry with us. And it's not heavy, the heavier stuff and that we're responding to that stuff all the time. So the people around us know we're responding to something, but we can't see it. If we empty our wagon and we have our grief in the best way that we know how, and we seek help because I believe in that, that wagon has much less in it. There's always going to be maybe a teeny something in it, but you're emptying your wagon and you're much more clear and present for all of the good things that are in our life and in your life and in my life. If you don't, then you're clouded by that. People are afraid to expose themselves. They're afraid to be vulnerable. And what's so strange is we're the most vulnerable when we're afraid we're vulnerable. So why not just get it out there? But it isn't everybody else's responsibility to take care of us. And I think that's important to say, too, that we, we are grieving if we have a job to do and we, we are through the initial process of it. Getting back to that job is really important. And if we can't do it perfectly, we own it. But we dive back in. So sometimes people think that our stuff is, is the responsibility of everybody else's to carry, and it's not.
0: Mm-hmm. You, you said something that I want to touch on, and mm-hmm. that is the vulnerability piece. Do you, do you think, and I'm just asking your opinion, that people are afraid perhaps to go there or sit in the space of the grief because it makes them vulnerable? Or why do you think people try to avoid because it makes them
1: vulnerable. They don't have Mm. control. We're all about control. And when you really dive in, I mean, trust me when I say it was not my thing to be on the floor crying. And, and I was the mom. I mean, I was the, my children were pretty young. I was trying to be an example of how you grieve. (laughs) And the example was you grieve how you need to grieve, but I can talk about my dad now and not cry. Mm. And that to me says, I, I did this now this was 10 years or more, but it was in a couple probably took me about two years till I could, didn't cry all the time when I thought of them. So I have experienced falling into being vulnerable to what's happening for me and not being in control enough that I hope to God I can always do that. But you have to have your safeguards, your friends, family, people that you love, a therapist, Whoever it is that is your touchstone that says uh, you're you're losing the string that connects you to your light, pull on it and feel your light because the universe is there for you. The universe and in that universe is your person that you love, and they communicate with you through that love. Love Mm. is the only thing that doesn't die.
0: Well said. As a medium, you're dealing with people who are obviously in a lot of pain and a lot of grief. And now with COVID that all that grief is kind of amplified because there's a huge collective experience with grief and there's an individual experience with grief. What would you say to people in terms of how they could cope or manage and to know maybe the difference between their own grief or when they're grieving for the collective or does it matter?
1: It matters a lot, and that's a really great question. So when you're grieving and you express how you feel and you do things that help you feel better, like write a letter to the person that you've lost, believe it or not, they see it. Talk about it, go through some of their things. You've done some amazing things. And you. you start to feel more peaceful inside. That's your grief and your, your wound and your helping heal it. When you are feeling the collective, there is never any peace because you can't heal every single person out there. So there's always going to be that grief and it's exhausting and you start to feel really drained. And no matter what you do, even if you do things that are really positive, there's a draining element to it. So here's what I do. I say, what's mine is mine, what's yours is yours. And if I feel like somebody around me isn't having amazing boundaries in whatever way, I say to myself, okay, you're going to laugh because this is kind of a little rhymy thing that people used when I was a kid. I am rubber, you are glue. Whatever you say, see, and think bounces off of me and resolves with you. Now I say it to myself and there's a resolve, which means the universe is at hand. It clears my space. And so when you're feeling that exhausted, wanting to heal the world, or you don't know what grief you're feeling, you do things to help you know you're in your body. You wiggle your toes, press your feet into the ground, say your name to yourself, and then do a couple of these little exercises that help you be in your own space. So what you're picking up on is yours. You know, we heal the world, Best by healing ourselves.
0: I couldn't agree more. And I love that. I'm going to use that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Jody Levon, how can mediumship help with grief?
1: Oh, I love that question too. So love. And I love saying
0: Jody Levon, by the way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I like hearing that's fun because it's like brings me even back further into myself. So love doesn't die. Actually, nothing dies. It just changes form. And our loved ones are peacefully on the other side, 99% of the time. Let's say 80 to 99% of the time, because there are earthbound spirits. And we can talk about that if you want. And it's rare. Most people, when they cross over, move into the light because they're welcomed by spirits that they've recognized loved ones, their own loved ones, angels, guides, and they go into the light. And there's a beautiful process for them over there. And when they want to communicate with us, because it's always up to them, they have to lower their vibration. We have to raise ours through love and joy and peace. And they can come say hi to us. And they can do it through dreams. And they can do it through knowing moments, through animals, through all these different signs, who just, you can just feel them. And they do do it. Even if you're not medium, mediumistic, they're, they're there to say they love you. Whether you feel it or not, they have not disappeared. Their love is right there with you and they are supporting you. So to know that there is life after life can bring you some peace. To know that your loved one is not in pain, is not afraid, is peaceful and is doing their favorite thing on the other side, it's heaven after all, is a peaceful feeling. Because so much of us thinks we're not gonna ever see that person again, right? And even though we may not physically feel their hug, if you close your eyes and you say your name to yourself and you say a little prayer and you think of that person that you love, they can come give you a hug. And you can remember the feeling of being with them. And that's their hug. There's little calling cards that they leave us. So for a lot of my clients, that helps to know that they haven't disappeared. And for a lot of my, for a lot of my (laughs) non-clients, I think there's a resentment. Why can I feel them so easily? And why they, why can't they? You have to open up your mind and open up your heart to the possibilities. There are so many more things that are possible on this earth, if we are in that space of love. And even though I like going like this, peace, it isn't, you don't always have to feel like you wanna hug everyone, but when you're in a space of love, you you kind of feel like you love everyone. You're not gonna go over that person that seems like maybe they're hungry and not very nice and talk to them at the moment, but you can still have love for them. And that raises your vibration and the higher your vibration, the closer you are to feeling those on the other side.
0: Hmm. So in practical sense, if somebody wanted a sign or to connect with their loved one, um, what do you recommend? They just get into a quiet space and just ask, um, get well, into a space of a higher love and joy. Cause yeah. you know, if I, if I'm, really missing my mom and I want a sign and I'm emotional, how can I shift, raise my vibration perhaps and, and ask for a sign?
1: So when my father, my father had open heart surgery and it was like less than a 1%, 2% chance that he would cross over. And he did during that process in my mind, his his mom is Faye, who has been a huge force for me in my life when she was physically here and now on the other side. In my mind, I yelled, Hey, grandma, really could use a little help here. So I love her. She was there. In a more common sense, when you want to feel that person, get enough to eat, get enough to sleep, drink some water, make sure you've had some exercise, go sit in the space that feels really good to you, say prayers, or and listen to yourself breathe for a couple of minutes in and out through your nose slowly. And then in your mind or out loud say, I miss you so much. I would love to feel some of your love. I'm sending you love and I am open to however you wanna show that to me. Now they might not come to you at that moment. You might have a dream or find a quarter on the floor and think that's funny, my grandma always gave me quarters or so-and-so gave me quarters. You're going to go on a bus, you find a quarter. You sit down at your desk, there's a quarter. These are ways that they reach out to us. Again, through animals, they do the same. They will find a way to give you a sign. You just have to be open to what it might be. If your grandmother loved trees more than anything else, or your mom, and everywhere you go, there, someone's talking about trees, and you turn the radio on, and somebody's talking about trees, and you grab a magazine, and you open it up, and there's a big tree, that's a sign. That is a sign your loved one is saying, I love trees. And here's my message to you. I love Mm -hmm. you too. And it sounds maybe sappy, but that is how they reach us. You have to let your ego go and you have to be reasonable and they reach us.
0: I love that. And I think the, the key words is to stay open and maybe unattached to the way you want the sign. And then to also acknowledge when you get it to say, thank you.
1: You know, what I've come to understand through losing people myself and through dealing with people for so many years, and I started doing this as a teen, is your, your loved one in spirit does not want you to spend your life mourning them. Now, what we need to do to, serve, to move through it, we do. But they're okay. They want you to have your joy. They can feel your joy. That's one way you bring them joy. And also to know that the depth of your mourning is the depth of your love for them as well. So it's one way that some of us show our loves. That's how we process it. But they want us to have fun. Think of it this way. Have you ever, well, watched maybe an animal or or a friend or a child, you you drop them off, let's say you drop them off at daycare, and then there's this one way glass where you can see that child or your animal hanging out and playing and having so much fun. They can't see you. And you know that they're doing fine. And you know that in two hours, you're picking them up. They don't know when you're picking them up, but you know. And so you know that they're peaceful and you know, you'll see them. That is how I believe those on the other side view us. They can peek at us. They know when they're going to see us. They know they can come to visit us and they're not, I know this sounds so awful because most of us think, oh, they must miss me too. Mm. Of course they miss that physical presence. It is my understanding. I can't say for sure because I can't remember being on the other side. It's just through the people, I, the spirits I've talked to, but they are close to you. They're not missing you because they're right there, right? They know that maybe you can't understand that, but they're okay with it. They're helped to be okay with it. They're helped to understand the process. It is us that has to get used to, instead of experiencing them on the outside of us, experiencing them on the inside of us.
0: And that's just, you know, again, a bit of a shift in mindset because so many of us miss the hugs. We miss the physical contact. But like you said, love never dies. And it's a matter of stepping into the new relationship in its new form Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to continue that bond of love because I think it still continues to grow and become strong, even though they're not here to physically share their time and their space, their energy and their love that way.
1: Right, Um, the relationship goes on.
0: The relationship goes on. It really does. Jodi Lavon, I want to... Thank you so much for this conversation. I'm gonna have all your contact information in the notes, but your website is theintuitivecoach.com. Please reach out to Jody on any of her social media platforms, or if you're interested in getting a mediumship reading with her, I'm sure she would be more than happy to help you connect with your departed loved one. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much.
0: I'm Farhandala. Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode of Elevate Your Life, a transformational podcast. I hope today's conversation has elevated you in some way and inspired you to connect, move, and meditate. I'd really appreciate your support by following and rating this podcast. Come back soon and join me for another transformative conversation.